Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel from the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your anonymous Bosch of business. And today, we're going to place you, my business exec, right in the ultimate leadership challenge and see just how much learning in real time you can absorb. Now, just imagine yourself. You walk into a room filled with about 80 professionals, each a respected expert, each highly paid for producing the product the way he or she interprets it. And none of these respected pros knows you from Adam. In fact, they've just heard your name on some little one-paragraph handout they received a few hours ago. And then you step up to the podium, you, with a mere eight hours to produce a master product, and you say... All right, ladies and gentlemen, now we are going to do it my way. Could you do that? Well, probably not, my friend. But this is the challenge facing the symphonic conductor ceaselessly with orchestras that he leads all around the planet, and it's no wonder they call the accomplished ones maestro. And by the graces, good of good graces, we have with us today maestro Roger Nirenberg, who not only masters this challenge with seeming ease, but he has founded, he has created the music paradigm in which eager business executives come and they mingle amidst the musicians watching and learning as Maestro Roger motivates and inspires these musicians to peak performance while the executives with slack jawed awe take away lessons of leadership in an accelerando temple. Tempo, forgive me. So, whether you are a, a CEO whose marketing firm is filled with erratic genii like Jeffries, and they are, or you just take it over leadership uh, of a video game project and must flog your fellow nerds into line like Quentin, pull up your chair a little closer and join us at this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined, to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. Roger, I am so glad that you could... Uh, Set down your frantic baton and come share the ways in which art instructs life with us today. Hi, Bart. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, I'm so glad you could come. Uh, Roger, now, uh, you've been holding the baton over orchestras and choral groups now for, for about how long? Uh, 50 years, I guess. About 50 years, 40, 45, 50 years. Wow, my congratulations to you. And I, I just, so I, I ask is, uh, to, to give our, our listener a little grasp on the enormity of it, that that little scenario that that I gave just now, did we paint a, a fair picture of challenging the conductor of an orchestra? Or do you feel it was exaggerated? Well, it's true that an orchestra is, is comprised of, of experts in what they do, and they have lots of personality, and they have lots of experience, and they have a vision about what it is that they want to do. 
And your job mm. is to have an overarching vision that they all can mm. buy into and all can participate into. But if you were to, to have the attitude that they're going to do it your way, you probably wouldn't get much cooperation from them. So uh, what I realized is that from all the experience that I had conducting and all the lessons that I learned, that I found that there's a way that I can use that wisdom that I have to help other people to, uh, mm-hmm. to see new insights into the work they do and find new powers and new capabilities. And that's called the music paradigm. Uh-huh. And you are unleashing what's within. Now, as I understand it, Roger, the, the, the spark that brought about your, your very inventive music paradigm was really sort of more of an emerging thought evolution than a, a lightning bolt. Uh, and, and you really, I think when, when you talked, you said it was really aimed at getting more folks to take interest in music. Could you sort of trace for us uh, what brought the, the, the paradigm about? Yeah. Well, you're right that it it was not. I never really intended to do it, but I, I I thought that if there was more interest in classical music, if more people felt felt it the way that I feel it, it would it would be better for everyone. And and I was always interested in that, but uh, at a certain point in my life, I began to think about it more deeply and then experiment. And eventually, I I I created this kind of experience, the goal of which was that anybody who was, who was partaking in the experience would definitely have a powerful experience of music. But what I didn't anticipate was that the experience itself would have huge business value and that business organizations would, would ask me to come and do it for them. That was not my intention, but that right. was what ultimately happened. And uh, because I got asked so much, I began to, I began to uh, uh, invest in that. And that's the majority right. of the work that I do now. Oh, amazing. That's a, well, I, I can see just from that very little bit that you gave us at, uh, answering about leading the orchestra and what you've done, the, the uh, analogy is, is absolutely obvious. And if you've just joined us, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. floats its merry way across the ludicrously intricate rivulets of cyberspace, where you may listen and download uh, this and all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. And you may also join us on C-Suite Radio, where we have joined that uh, select coterie of elite radio masters, each proffering Oh, a fistful of sharpened arrows to adding expertise to your career quiver. <laughs> um, just visit csuiteradio.com and dig in. Now, Roger, uh, you, uh, the, the the company, the music paradigm. Uh, I mean, a company comes to you as a client and wants to set up a demonstrative rehearsal uh, with its own staff to to better their leadership process. Uh, could you? sort of run through the process of how it goes and, and who sits where. Right. Well, it doesn't work exactly as you described it. Generally, the, okay. the client is already having a meeting. And, you know, these meetings, <laughs> they tend to be full-day meetings or they tend to be several days. You know, it tends to be like a conference if they're going to bring all their people together. 
and frequently they're, yeah, yeah. they're being brought from all around the country or sometimes all around the world. And as part mm-hmm. of that meeting, uh, at a certain point in the meeting, they, uh, the participants, they walk into a room and they discover the room is set up in a very unusual way. They've seen that. And then they realize that there, there's a symphony orchestra in there and that the chairs <laughs> are set up so that they, they are sitting amongst the musicians as if the entire oh, room gosh. is turned into one stage and they are on the stage and they're all facing <laughs> the conductor. And, of course, they don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and what they don't know is that the musicians don't know either. So all the musicians have, we've gotten together and for one hour we've rehearsed the music in advance, but I haven't told the musicians what, what's going to be. So it's a very spontaneous kind of improvised oh, event. Wonderful. Uh, and beca- because it's not scripted, it tends mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. feel very authentic and very dramatic, mm-hmm. and therefore it has sure. a lot of credibility and it's very disarming. Because frequently people walk into the room with a, a lot of attitude, you know, and they're very <laughs> successful people, and this and yeah, they yeah. consider their time to be very important, and sure. they don't think they're going to get, gain anything that's of any use to them. So that's the starting right. point. Uh, and yeah, then yeah. what happens in advance? I've consulted with the with my client organization that invited me, and and right, learned. Right. Like what are what is the meeting about? What are the opportunities that they're trying to seize? What are the challenges right, that they're right. facing? What's holding them back? What's inhibiting them? Yeah, yeah. And what would liberate them? And then with that knowledge, I designed mm-hmm. uh, some role-playing exercises for the orchestra, in which what they do is they spontaneously in real time they grow some of those opportunities and some of those challenges in the orchestra itself. And so... Okay, now, Roger, allow me to interrupt for just a moment. This orchestra, you come to this, you're hiring the local orchestra, or in some cases, a a group of local musicians who've never played together, right? I mean, they've, they've never, and they certainly haven't been under your baton. So that is an added challenge right there, is it not? Exactly right. Exactly right. And not unlike the kind of challenge that a a new CEO or a new executive faces when meeting a new team with whom you haven't worked and where the speed at which you can create rapport and to establish alignment and, and, uh, and cooperation teamwork is going to be a measure of your success. So the skills of the conductor in that situation and the skills of the executive are not so far apart. The difference mm-hmm. is I think that's a that very the, good point. With the conductor, you can see it happen very quickly, and it's happening right in front of you. It's much more easy to connect the dots in the orchestra than it is in real life, where things unfold much more slowly. And so the insights that you get about the very same kinds of skills are much crisper and clearer in the orchestra than they are in your organization. And it's that real time physicality, isn't it? Is I mean it's the it's fact that it's there. Right. It's so immediate because you say uh third trombone or actually I uh, most maestros would say third trombone, you would say Henry Smith, please. Uh 
because uh, and say, could you give me more in this section or something like that? And the result is boom, it's right there, which doesn't happen as quite that often in business, right? Well, I'll give you an example because it's hard for to imagine right. what these role plays are like. So there was one organization yeah, that was doing a huge, a huge overhaul of its entire business model, and this was a mm-hmm. Fortune 100 company. As a matter of fact, it was right. like a Fortune 50 company. It was it was huge, <laughs> and the investment in this transformation was was very big. And they felt that in order to accomplish something like this, they had to get their leadership on board. And they had to convey to the leadership that it wasn't enough for them to simply supervise. They had to really, they had to persuade, they had to inspire, they had to communicate and uh, and enroll their people. So, So they... Well, of, which is a, a, a wise a wise vision right there, just to right. understand that. Unfortunately, too many That's companies right. don't. They think to have a vision is enough. And you're saying you've got to pitch it, sell it, and believe it yourself. So good for you. Thank. But anyway, right, go ahead. exactly. So then, so the, here's the role play that I did. Of course, all the executives. Okay, I, I want to hear this. Orchestra. This is great. And and I said to the orchestra, uh, we're going to take this yeah. passage and all the principal players, uh, which is about twenty percent of the musicians. I said, all of the principal players are going to be completely committed to this performance. But the rank and file are going to do as little as possible without getting caught. Which, of course, (laughs) makes everybody laugh because because it's so preposterous. uh, Well, it's it's also so uh, there's a lot of veracity in that, too. (laughs) Right. How many people work here? One out of every ten. Yeah. So so, uh, go ahead. And what happened? The orchestra plays, and to most people's astonishment, it sounds fine. It sounds perfectly fine. Uh-huh. And I stop uh-huh. and I say, I can see the surprised expressions on your faces. I bet you thought that uh-huh. was going to be bad. But I said, most of you are wondering <laughs> where's the dysfunction. But I said, why should you be so surprised about this? Because we all know that that's the way organizations work, and that the people who oh, yeah, take yeah, accountability yeah. are so good carry it for everybody else and you wouldn't even think that this was a dysfunction until you heard the following I say what would it be like this same passage if every musician in the orchestra gave everything you know and took whatever risk was necessary in order to to make this orchestra sound like these people never imagined it could and then the orchestra plays and the very same transactions are happening but the effect is completely different. The energy. And the, they just, see it, the, right? The way it works, they feel it in their bones. But afterwards, they mm. break out into the spontaneous applause. And then I point out what a challenging demonstration this is for any leader. I said, because if you yeah, think yeah. that your job is simply to fix something if it goes wrong, you will never draw that kind of response. It's only the leader's who see what the possibility could be and then take the responsibility of creating the conditions that liberate the talent of your people to align around that goal, who will ever draw this kind of response. And if you're the leader, it's Mm -hmm. up to Mm -hmm. you to do that. Nobody else can do it for you. So that's one example of the role play. The role play... 
dramatizes exactly what the challenges that they have. I I think that at this point we have to stop and say uh, we have just heard a timeless truth, so this is a quill pen moment. I would like you all to take your pens, dip it in the inkwell, and write down that if you think as leader your job is to fix it, you will fail compared to the leader who sees the ultimate possibility with everybody united in. Thank you, Roger. I'm, I'm glad you, you, you brought that up to us. And now also, now, when you – I just want to ask you uh, – you you had said that you go to the uh, the business beforehand, and they b- bring to you certain things they're trying to fix or trying to create or set anew. You said one is is this one uh, business that just uh, has it w- was trying to do a major overhaul. Can you give us one or two other things that uh, businesses are trying to change I mean, w- that, that brings them to you in the first place? Well, I think the main thing that most of my clients are looking for is speed and uh, agility because the world is changing so fast, and we know that there's disruptive change. We know that industries can be killed in a couple of years if if they don't adapt to what the change is going to be. But even if the leadership has figured out the change, that doesn't mean that the workforce is going to execute on it. So the kind of people Mm -hmm. skills of getting people to to let go of some previous success patterns that no longer answer the challenges that lie ahead, that that's that's a real challenge. Uh, Yeah. yeah. And when you don't have alignment – Exactly, and when you when you don't have alignment, when you don't have people uh, working together, then that create it slows things down. It creates more error. Uh, all the things that the, my clients are trying to avoid. So that's one of the challenges. There are some there right, are some right. clients where the issue is diversity, and. Of course, there are ah. all kinds of diversity issues in the, in the business world. Of course, there's gender diversity and there's, there's ethnic diversity and there's age diversity. And you have these various different populations that are not coexisting exactly all that well. Or let's put it this way. And in the, the orchestra, you have violas, which nobody likes, right? No, no. Everybody loves them. They make fun <laughs> of violas, but everybody loves them. But yeah. you're right. You have brass right. and you have oh, percussion. You. you have strings. You can, you can. I describe it that the orchestra has many different colors, and you can lead it in such a way that you are causing all those different groups of colors to fight with each other to be heard, or you can yeah, lead yeah, it yeah. in such a way that you create a kind of transparency where everybody can be heard. And nobody has to force in order in order to have impact on the whole group. So that's another kind of issue. There, there are. Well, so in other words, what you're talking about is I always felt that a good project is a lot like a fugue, and you, that where the layers of effort come in and overlap with each other, and you're calling for a blend in that. Would that be correct? Well, it's a beautiful uh, metaphor that you have there. Um, yeah, what you have to do, you see, people will default to doing the job that's right in front of them. I sort of, I, I call yeah. it you know, taking what's in the inbox and processing it and put it in, putting it in the outbox. And if you have yeah. everybody doing that, 
That doesn't mean success. That doesn't mean organizational success. As a matter of fact, that type of behavior invites dysfunction because what will happen is somebody will put something into an outbox and it will be sent to another place where it's not in the form that they need and they have to translate it into their own form in order to make it useful. Whereas if there was communication across that, that, uh, that silo, then you could save so much time and eliminate so much more error. But the thing is, only the leader can inspire that kind of cross-functional collaboration because within oh, yeah. each the silo, there's a taboo against crossing into somebody <laughs> else's territory. That's true. Roger, I, I, I really uh, I think it's wonderful. And I, I, first of all, just give me quickly, if I think you've inc- uh, uh, excited so many of us, uh, if someone wanted to take hold of the wisdom of the music paradigm that you have created, uh, how might they get a hold of you and, uh, and, and avail themselves of your services? Well, that's the easiest thing. You just go to the website musicparadigm.com, and there there are all kinds of videos and blogs and things, but there's a a way to contact me directly and lots of other useful Mm -hmm. information. And there's also the book that I wrote for that that purpose, which is called Maestro, a surprising story about leading by listening. And a lot of the wisdom is packed into that book. I, and I, we will talk about that book because I want to get back to it. I love the subtitle, and I, I, we're going to get into that. But right now, I think with your eyes and souls, my friend, all tensed for the, the leadership downbeat, I, I, I think it's time to take a brief sorbet and allow me to proffer you a few utensils uh, for the day's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you mentally remind yourself of those several exceptional skills and attributes that you've mastered and employed so well? Or will you continue to frowningly anguish over the ways that you're not the very model of the modern major ideal for some prefixed job slot? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense you are yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull it out here and thumb through. Okay, here we are, here we are. This is number 29. Our CEO was going to launch a peer group, but unfortunately he couldn't find anyone he believed was his peer. (laughs) Roger, what do you think? I mean, are you like uh, Maestro Jacques Lacombe who says he's, I'm just a musician who happens to be a conductor? Or is there sometimes does a little bit of arrogance come in handy? What do you think? That's a, a really interesting topic. Uh, hmm. When you're a conductor or when you're a CEO, your yeah. own success doesn't really mean very much. It's the success mm-hmm. of the people that you're leading, that you are responsible mm-hmm. for. Your, your own behavior only has meaning in the way, the way it, uh, it inspires or creates the conditions where other people can excel. And the curious thing mm-hmm. about both being a conductor and being a CEO is that you're being held accountable for a lot of activity that you're not doing. 
That's true. And so, so that your job is to to have an influence on those people who are doing the activity in such a way that they do a better job. Now, I think mm-hmm. if you think that if you think that you're you know so much better than everybody else, that's not going to inspire them to uh, with any <laughs> self confidence. It's not going to bring out any Absolutely. creativity. It's not going to bring out innovation. Yeah. It's going to lower the energy. So I think that's a really bad strategy. Even if you uh-huh. are the best person, even if you are the smartest yeah. guy and 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 the most energetic and the most ambitious, that's not going to translate. What's going to translate is yeah. your abil- ability to spark other people, but not, yeah. not in only in terms of giving pep talks, but actually in right, creating right. the conditions and guiding them into ways that they work not only well individually, but that they work well together, that they collaborate well. So that's a completely Absolutely. different kind of skill than the things that you excel in yourself. Uh well put. Actually, I, the the man who can open avenues and put tools in the people's hands is the one who's going to win. I always felt with this with this quip that each of us does sort of uh, inflate our self estimation, perhaps with a bit of hot air, and that's a vanity that's less destructive, of course, than viewing yourself as entirely worthless. But uh, you have to remember that when you take on the role of leadership, it's something different. At any rate, if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com and pick up your copy of 102 or the 101 Best Business Quips, and you will find your agile tongue tripping out joyous bombance, which will win you the the prize ears of your fellow chain gangers at work or something. I don't know. (laughs) At any rate, and as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is the name of the individual who said... Converting your passions into a job is the fastest method for eliminating any passion you once had. Those words were spoken by none other than the ever-analyzing author of The 4-Hour Workweek, Mr. Tim Ferriss. Congratulations to all you winners, and stick with us, because later in the show, blurting your way comes another quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind and career-igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And before we return to music leadership's own paradigm, Maestro Robert Nirenberg, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today, and that company is Prometheus Publishing. Uh, Invite you to enrich yourself in your career by visiting, among its other divisions, Bart's book, Ultimate Business Guides. And they also invite you to look at the book uh, which launched this entire bizarre radio show, The Art of the CEO. It's a volume that collects and distills really the most masterful practices of business leaders around the globe and presents them to you to apply to your own career and company. And this book has been praised by uh, radio host and CEO of uh, you know, Media, Daryl Gunter, as one of the best business, quote, one of the best business leadership books I have read in my career, full of wisdom, what are you waiting for, unquote. And you may find that at the... Uh, 
The Art of the CEO at, among other places, Amazon, bartsbooks.com. Carpe diem, my friend. You are indeed worth it. And now, with utensils in hands, let's uh, return our tempo and continue to take uh, to heart the piercing, if not always comfortable, leadership lesson that's taught to us by maestro Roger Nirenberg of the music paradigm. Uh, it seems... Uh, Maestro, that you you have sort of a schizophrenic role in this paradigm sessions. On one hand, you're trying to create a revelatory experience for your executives and hold them, themselves and their solutions to light. On the other, you're sort of trying you're just working to congeal the orchestra into a group that wants to make music for you to to to, to produce beauty. Uh, it's 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 a it seems as I say schizophrenic. Is it not? It's very insightful what you're saying and it would seem as though it's complicated but actually it it makes it all much simpler because the interesting thing is because the whole thing is unscripted and because we're in order to make this work i have to take a uh, a challenge let's call it that is in my client organization and I have to right. find a way of embedding it in the orchestra in a way that it's a challenge that they deal with so that mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. the executives watch the musicians grapple with this challenge and they hear what it's right. like when they solve it and what it's like when they don't solve it, by listening uh-huh. to the orchestra, it's like looking in a mirror and seeing themselves. And because it's real in the orchestra, then they're much more uh, willing to embrace the question, take it on because themselves. Whereas if somebody had, had spoken about it eloquently, they wouldn't right. be quite so open to it. They'd be more prone to just block it out and, and defend themselves against seeing it. But right, when you see right. it in the orchestra, it's compelling. And in addition to which, it's real. And nobody can say mm. it didn't happen because it did happen <gasps> right in front of yeah, everyone. Yeah. And you give the executive a chance to infer rather than commanding or implying, and you're, you're giving right. a frightening mirror to our Dorian Gray souls here, which I think is, is excellent. That's right. And Roger, there, there is no teaching one... in my session. I, I don't do mm. any teaching. I set up the circumstances. I let the experiments go forward, and everybody draws their conclusions. And uh, because everybody is figuring out what the significance is for themselves, they take much greater ownership than if I or anybody mm. else had told them what oh, the sure. truth was. Oh, absolutely. Now, you said something to me when we talked, and, I, and we were talking about what when you were training in, in, in conducting, and you said something to me which I thought was fabulous. You said, one of the things that you learned in conducting, in leading, is that you are ahead of the actual act. Is that, uh, could you explain what you mean by that? Well, the way I put it is that the conductor exists in a different time zone than the orchestra's execution. As a matter of fact, There are many different time zones in which the leader has to be alive. You definitely have to be extremely present to what's happening because you need to be aware of that. But at the same time, you have to be very clear about where it is that you want to go and what the next couple of steps are because that's what your body is manifesting. 
you are manifesting not the present, but you're manifesting the future. And at the same time that you're in those two time zones, you have to be in the kind of past, remembering what happened, analyzing it, and figuring, seeing the patterns about what what they're, what's going on, so that when you when you speak to them about it, you can prescribe what it is that will that will get their performance closer. So this coordination of many different time zones is what a leader has to do. I think it's but and and you cannot lead in the middle of their work. It's just as a conductor brings the downbeat ahead of time. Uh, was is that would that be fair to say? Uh, I think the downbeat, when it comes down, is not when the sound is going to come. But right. the downbeat has its own time. Then there's the time of the orchestra's response. And the leader has to get very comfortable with that dynamic in order for the, in order for the workforce to feel comfortable doing its work. Uh, if you're not right. comfortable or if you can't create that comfort, you create this atmosphere of second-guessing, of doubting, of being unsure, hesitating, and all those things, which takes all the good work which is being done and ruins it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, well, Roger, there's so much more I wanted to discuss with you, and I uh, I wanted to talk also about your book. And again, uh, that that is Maestro, uh, with a, 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 the, sub, the subtitle of A Surprising Story of about leading by listening. And uh, I've always, personally, I've always viewed uh, listening as an active process, so I, and, and you'll love this book. But I'm afraid we must, uh, we, we must say goodbye. Is, is there, do you want to leave us with just one uh, executive thought bef- before you sign off, sir? Give me a question to inspire that. There are too many thoughts that come right. to mind. So ask a question, and uh-huh. I'll give you the thought you're looking for. Okay. I have just taken over a a CEO uh a leadership uh slot and it's of, of with some technical people whose jobs and I must weld them into a group how do I do that if I don't know their job really well what can I do well you don't have to play every instrument in the orchestra in order to lead them Nobody does that. That's not, it's not humanly possible. Even if you could play the instruments all, you'd never play them as well as the people who have devoted their lives to playing their instrument. You don't have to be able to do it, but you do have to know what the capability is, and you have to know about their vocabulary. There are things that you need to know in order to communicate effectively with them. And then the other thing is to have some sense of of, of the, the boundaries of your knowledge so that when you don't know something, you're not, you're not trying to fake it, but you're rather going to people and you're speaking of what it is that you envision and enlisting their help to translate that into the kinds of specific directions that people can follow. So that art oh. of knowing how to work with people who know more about what they do than you do that's a really important part of leadership. It's an important part of conducting. But what I can tell you is that it can be learned. It definitely can be mm-hmm. learned. I thank you. That is great. Roger, I, I've so much enjoyed this, and it's, I found it so enlightening. You really have a foot 
uh, in the leadership camp and, of course, in the, in the music camp. I, I, I hope we can have you back on uh, at a later date, and uh, I thank you very much for taking the time today. Thank you so much, Bart, and I really enjoyed the beautiful language on this on this program. <laughs> You're very kind. Well, as we round out today's feast, uh, just to let you know that I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. Who was it who said, success and failure are both difficult to endure. With success comes drugs, divorce, fornication, bullying, traveling, meditation, uh, medication, depression, neurosis, and suicide. With failure comes, well, failure. <laughs> and it's I love that. Anyway, as a hint to the author of this crazy quote, this Catch-22 author delighted us all with his depictions of both ends of the success continuum. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, just scribble that author's name down as you believe him or her to be. Send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com, and you will win an absolutely soul-igniting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. Be sure to tune in next week to the Art of the CEO radio show because we have global consultant and author Ron Carucci who proffers some really straight punch and roll-up-your-sleeves advice for folks in middle management who are taking aim at the C-suite, some of which advice you've gotten today. So tune in and get some practical wind beneath your wings. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, my assistant's greatest value is that she instinctively knows what I can do, what I can't do, what I will not do, regardless of what I promise to do. <laughs> and to you gleefully sharing our feast. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it as, as much, the art of the CEO, as much as Roger and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this and all our shows at theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.